0: Isaiah chapter 10. And uh, I want to share an agricultural message with you this morning for those of you who. Uh, uh, this is going to be interesting, yes, because I can grow nothing um, except chilies in our household. We grow a lot of chilies. But coming off COVID, I, I don't know about you, but I felt like we've been in suspended animation for two years. To have it disappear from every media channel in 10 minutes was really odd. Um, but we've certainly been involved and, and, and affected, you know, the whole world, if you like, by COVID for about two years. So no travel, draconian restrictions, lockdowns, Netflix, binges. Yeah, intense loneliness. Life has been anything but normal. But many, many people are saying to me, "I feel like I've lost two years," because it's been two years that this thing has gone on. And I remember right at the start saying, "Well, this won't last long." It did. It lasted two years. But I don't believe I'm starting to see things differently because that that two years off in inverted commas, it's not a setback a setback is just a setup for a comeback and I think that that's where we're going with it right now we're at a pivotal time right now many have asked me they say they say to me well okay what now you know you might have come to church this morning or or you might have been you know be looking around at churches because your heart is saying what now what do we do now we spent two years running on the spot what do we do now Uh, are you sitting there thinking okay God no no you know where do I go from here You know, there's so many things, so many ideas, I guess, but many of you, I know, and you're saying this to me, you're not happy to just sit. You you don't want to just float along. Any dead fish can float with the tide. It takes a live fish to swim against it. And I think we should be live, don't you? That we should not be happy to just exist and do church, but that God has more for us. So as we came out of the world of COVID, and uh, the war replaced the pandemic narrative, I feel like God was directing me to this passage in Hosea. So Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 to 13. If you've got a Bible, um, follow along with me. If you've got it memorized, good for you. Um, and also we have our app. Don't forget we have an app, and you can follow all of our notes and take notes yourself on the app as well. So it says this, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap Steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness upon you. You have ploughed iniquity, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of lies, because you have trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your warriors." in mankind, basically. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would just open our eyes as we as we share this message, Lord. I just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us and reveal what's going on in this passage, that you would have something for us this morning as we gather here together to honour you. And We ask that you'll open the scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me ask you the question, so what? So what? Because what you sow is really important. I really sense that um, certainly B.C. Do you use the term B.C. before COVID? It was a long time ago. B.C., we were mostly fairly comfortable. We were confident. Almost cocky with life if you look back. But if you look at the... Fulfilled verse 13 in that Hosea passage. We have sowed iniquity. We have as a nation. Look at what we've legalised in the last... 10 years, 5 years, we've sowed iniquity. We've legalised gay marriage, transgenderism, late-term abortion and euthanasia. All in this period. We have sown all of this stuff and is it any wonder that we are reaping injustice because that's what the Bible says would happen. And all of this passed with barely a whimper from the church and from Christians. So we truly have, folks, sowed iniquity in our nation and we are reaping injustice and we will for decades to come. Those decisions will resonate for decades to come. There will be generations in the future deeply affected by decisions that our politicians have made right now. And we have trusted in the way, in the multitude of warriors, in the way of man. We have trusted in politicians and activists and lawyers as a nation and not in the Word of God. Galatians 6, verses 7 to 8, says this do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that also will he reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's pretty clear. Whatever you sow, you reap. Usually more of it. And, uh, you know, that's why you, you don't sow seed to just get seed you expect increase. So if you sow injustice or evil, that's what we're going to get increasing right across our society. And we have not sown righteousness in this nation. And even us believers, to some degree, have just, by our silence on a lot of this stuff, and the church, by our silence on a lot of this stuff, we have more or less, you know, voted for it, in a sense. One of the unexpected blessings of the of the misery of the pandemic, and I mean, the pandemic has been miserable, and people have died, and people have been deeply affected by what's going on in the pandemic. But one of the really good bits of it is it caused most of us to stop and readjust. Am I right? I'm I'm not looking at things the way I did BC. I'm not looking at things and saying, oh, okay, yeah, we just go back to the way it was. We will never go back to the way it was. And that's probably good on a number of levels. You think about it, we as Christians... We, we, for many, for, for decades, we've just been dawdling along, haven't we? Just, just going about our business and dawdling along. It took something like a a worldwide pandemic to make us stop and readjust what we've been doing for so long. Now, many churches, of course, suffered and they went backwards in the pandemic. But mercifully, we've been blessed here. We've gone forwards and we've taken ground, and that's God's blessing. It's not me or you; it's God because he's poor blessing on us. But let's be honest, if we look back at two years of all of this stuff, it's kind of been a fallow time. It's been a time of inactivity. And it's hard, but we need to remember that when you leave a field fallow, what happens is the nutrients build up in that field and it becomes more productive than ever before. That's why I'm saying all these years of the pandemic, it's not the end. It's not time off. It's a time of fallowness. It's a time of set up for a comeback. That's what I believe is happening right now. We're at a moment in history when we can move in and become everything God wants for us to be. We're here in Namble praying for a harvest of souls, but before we can reap, we have to sow. And we have to sow the right things, the right seed. Before we can even consider sowing, we have to prepare the ground. I have a I've got a number of things at home, but I have a, a clay slope that uh, Raymond and I have been looking at, and it's just, it was just clay. And, uh, of course, we, we we left it, didn't do anything with it, and guess what grew there? Weeds, of course. They grow where nothing else can grow. But it's clay. It was, it was a mess. So I looked and I thought, we've got to do something productive here because weeds is one I'm very good at growing, by the way, but I wanted to grow something else. So what I did... <coughs> was I dug some holes and filled it with good soil and then I put little tiny pumpkin plants in there and what do they do Betty? You told me they'd go nuts and they went nuts. We had we had pumpkin, you know, rose pumpkin, mashed pumpkin, pumpkin soup, pumpkin everything you've ever heard of and so we got lots of pumpkins out but it would never have worked had I just thrown the seed in because it was like rock. I mean, it was just clay. It was like rock. And I think that's the challenge to us coming out of COVID to prepare the soil, then plant it right. But we must prepare the soil. So what exactly is fallow ground? If you look at that verse in Hosea 10, (coughs) verse 12, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground. What does it mean? Well, the passage echoes another prophetic word in Jeremiah 4, verse 3, which says, thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Don't throw your seed among thorns. I could have thrown my seed in amongst all of the junk and it would have disappeared. I had to prepare this, the ground for it. So, the word for fallow ground is the Hebrew word near. It's land that could be productive, but for whatever reason has been left and it crusts over. It gets a hard top on it. And that hard top needs to be broken up, tilled, plowed, and prepared for planting. The prophets were speaking the word of the Lord by commanding the people to break up the soil, break up the land spiritually. God's not saying we should chase new land. He's not saying that we should give up. He's saying with the land you've got, start ploughing because it prepares the soil for a great harvest. And I believe the time is coming when we will see an unbelievable harvest in this place, don't you? I've got promises I'm hanging on to, but they will never happen if we don't prepare the soil. It will never happen if we just dawdle along through life and float through everything. We have to prepare the soil. Fallow ground is unused and hence it is unusable unless we prepare it. So I want to look at some of the characteristics of fallow ground and see if any of this resonates with you. First of all, hardness. A fallow field is hard on top. It's crusted over. It's baked by the sun. And it was once fertile, but if you leave the field, it will just... It will, it will harden over with this thick crust on top and the only thing that will grow there is weeds. It's like a concrete path. If you, if you remember um, back in the book of Mark chapter 4, Jesus talking the parable of the sower. Verse 3 says, listen, behold a sower. <coughs> a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seed fell on the path and the birds devoured it. Because that's what it's like if you throw your seed on a crusty, fallow field, nothing will grow that's any good. Birds will just come and take, it will disappear. And honestly, after two years of pandemic upheaval of life, some of us have become a little bit hardened and cynical, wouldn't you say? Are you more cynical than you were two years ago? Be honest. Yes, we are. We don't believe anything you know, well anything that the media reports, and probably rightly so. But but we, you can even become cynical to the things of God, because you just start, your whole heart starts to become hard. We need to plough that out so before the Word of God can sink its roots deep into us. You can try and do it yourself by hand. You can get a pitchfork and try and sort of break up the unplowed ground, but it is a lot easier to do it with a plough. Now, we don't use ploughs very often, but back in the Back in the day, they, you'd have a horse or an oxen that would pull this thing and what the plough does is it breaks up the ground, just breaks it up into, into clumps, And and but there's good soil underneath. And sometimes our, our forefathers, when they something went wrong with a, a cow or, or, or a horse or something, there, there's even reports of them actually, you know, the, the father pulling the plough while, while the, 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 the mother sort of directed it. That's a hard way to do it. Now, now, of course, we have rotary hose and that sort of stuff. We we like to make it easier, but it takes energy to pull a plow. It, but it's a lot better than trying to do it by hand. Do I hear an amen to that? Yes. If we if we have a plow being pulled, we can we can make furrows and they can be straight. Well, you ho- you like to hope they were straight. Those big fields you see out there that have been planted a lot of times they've got lasers to keep it straight, and I think. Th- I've ploughed a few fields and they weren't very straight, just saying. Well, let me ask you, where is the hardness in your heart? Is there unbelief lurking in your soul? You might have been hurt by a a relationship previously or you might have been hurt by something your mother or father did years ago or said years ago, and you seal off that area and you just put it in a box and you say, I'm not going to deal with that, but it's still there and it's crusted over. You need to let God break up those old resentments and heal those hurts. The undealt with hurts cause hardness of heart. You know that. Sometimes your heart has been hardened by unbelief. That's why I got Eli up here to share a simple testimony of God doing something incredible in his life and healing him. Because we need to hear that, don't we? What does that do? It builds our faith because sometimes you might have prayed for something and nothing happened. You might have prayed for a loved one to survive and they didn't. You might have prayed for a chronic illness and it's still there. (coughs) Some people say to me, I've come to the conclusion that God doesn't answer prayer, at least for me. That's not true. God answers prayer. He really does. And we have to trust and believe. And when you hear testimonies like that, it builds your faith. It softens that hardness a little bit. See, the hardness of unbelief must be faced squarely and broken up if God is to plant anything fruitful in your heart. You cannot have a hard heart and have God grow something in it. It's too hard and crusty. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says this. Again, a prophetic word. It says, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What's God saying? He said, I'm going to soften your heart. And so many of us have come off all of the stuff that's gone in the last two years and we are cynical and we are hard. And we need, to, we need to be broken. Do I hear an amen? I'm talking to myself here too. So how do we break this hardness? It starts with a decision. You say, Lord, I want you to soften my heart. Heartfelt repentance and confession is the only way to allow the plough to dig deep. Let me ask you, when was the last time you were literally on your knees before God? When was the last time you were praying and actually shed tears? We have hard hearts, folks. And we need to be open to softening those. The second thing that you get is thorns and weeds in a, in a fallow field. We talked, I talked about how... I mean, it's, it's not fair, is it? I mean, you have a fallow field. It's hard and crusty. Nothing grows on it except weeds. And if you want a nice crop of weeds and thorns, just leave it fallow. But we don't. What do you do with weeds and thorns? You've got to, you know, thank the Lord for Roundup. (laughs) You know, you've got to poison them. You've got to dig those things out. You've got to take them out and burn them. You can't just plow them in. If you have a field full of weeds and you plow them in, then you sow some seed, what's going to grow? the weeds. You cannot just push them under the carpet and forget about them and just plough them through. Oh, we'll be right, mate. We're Aussies. We do everything. She'll be right, mate. Bang, all you get is a crop of weeds because the weeds will germinate long before your seed will. So what kind of thorns um, can make our, our hearts unproductive? We're given a hint with the parable of the sower again. Uh, Jesus uses thorns to describe what happens in a human heart. Listen to this, Matthew 13. But as for what was sown among the thorns, this, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. The cares of the world. Have you got any cares? Yeah? The deceitfulness of riches... That's what chokes it out. Luke 18:14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked. They are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. That word in the Greek for choke is the word simpnego, uh, which means to suffocate or to crowd out or to press around. And that's exactly what happens. You, you might have a good crop, it might start to germinate, but the weeds come in and they suffocate it they gather around and just squeeze it all out. Bad habits and sins do exactly that. How many of you know that? It's so true, isn't it? You say, I'm going to do something great for God. I'm going to do something significant. But all of a sudden around you is this, this incredible pressure on you and it crowds everything out. And before you know it, all you're thinking about is the pressures on you and you've lost sight of what God's called you to do. That's what it, it suffocates. Even if God, God's word sprouts <coughs> in your life, thorns and weeds like riches and pleasure—they just choke everything out, and each one has a devastating effect on the crop. The thing is, we have to root these things out. We have to dig these things out and burn them. We can't mollycoddle them, and we cannot just plow them through. If you're dealing with this stuff, you cannot just—you have to deal with it and clear it out. Otherwise, your life will never go anywhere. there'll be no fruit. Now depending on your particular plot of land, these thorns could be anything, but here's a few examples of the sort of things thorns and weeds could be. Sexual temptations and lust, self-indulgence, pride, anger, selfishness, a love of entertainment and recreation, addictions, greed. There's all kinds of thorns that will grow up, but in fallowness, these sins will grow up and crowd you out and you will not get a crop at all. So let me ask you what thorns and weeds are you dealing with in your life today? The third thing is stumps. Now when you clear a fallow field, you will often encounter stumps. This is old trees been cut down but all the root system is still there. And some of them are hidden below the surface. Now stumps have to be rooted out and removed or you will not be able to plough in a straight line. And you will compromise your sowing. Have you ever tried to who's ever tried to remove a stump? Is it fun? It is so not fun. I've, I've seen people do all sorts of things with it. They've, they've burned them, blown them up, chopped them, chainsawed them. I mean, you know, they are really hard to get that king's wood and tie a rope and drag it out, you know, whatever it is. They're really hard to remove because those roots are gripping really hard. We removed some stumps last year at our place. And uh, we got a guy in with a stump grinder. You ever seen a stump grinder? It is so cool. It just goes, and it just grinds the whole thing down. Well, that is amazing. I said to him, aren't you going to remove the roots? He said, you're joking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just grind it down to Nothing. But, but when you're going to plough the field, you can't just grind it down to nothing because it's just under the surface. All the roots are there. You've got to remove it. Hebrews 12 verse 15 says this. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many have become defiled. So what's been growing in your heart that sunk its roots down deep and is hard to remove? Bitterness was one of the things that, that definitely can put roots down into your life. Hatred, lust, greed, hedonism. These deep sins can be rooted out so that a new crop can be planted. I was, uh, last week I, I met with a guy who was, uh, whose wife had, had left him a few years ago and he was very, very bitter about it. And he said to me, he said, the first lesson I had to learn was I had to let it go. Let it go, let it go. I had to let it go because the bitterness was killing him. Unforgiveness is deadly. It's deadly. And I often say this, but I'll say it again. Unforgiveness towards someone is like you drinking poison hoping the other guy dies. It affects you more than anything else. You have to let go of that stuff. But it will sink its roots down. Bitterness will sink its roots right down deep into you. Grain will not flourish under the shade of trees or in soil mangled by old roots. We have to remove the stumps in our life so a new crop can grow. The next thing is large rocks. If you've ever ploughed, every now and then you come to something, bang, you hit it, boy, there's a big rock. And some of those rocks, they're kind of like icebergs. They're just a little bit on the top and they go really deep. And you've got to get those guys out. If you're serious about putting this field into production, you have to get rid of those big rocks. And it usually takes a lot of digging. A lot of leverage, a lot of horsepower to remove the rocks from the field. Now, it's hard work, but you'll be glad you did it because later on you can plough in a straight line. I remember, I've had many experiences uh, on the mission field, but I remember one of my favourite experiences was with an Aussie team and we were in the Philippines, the northern part of the Philippines, and there was this landslide that had fallen across the road and we were all stopped and these big boulders were there and uh, they had this little kind of... um, tractor thing, but it, could, it couldn't move them. It was just too big. And so what were they going to do to try and open the road? Well, they had a really great idea. It was called dynamite. And this was so cool. And so you get these guys, and I mean, I mean... Jeremiah, I talk about workplace health and safety. These guys had none of that. They're in thongs, no hard hats, thongs, smoking in one hand, dynamite in the other hand, and I'm like, and they would drill a hole into the rock and shovel these bits of dynamite. And I'm, I kid you not, I actually saw this. They shovel these bits of dynamite in different places and pull all of these kind of wicks back, and they'd hold them in a clump and he'd say, "Everybody, out of the way!" And he'd go and everybody run and then boom these explosions there's bits of rock falling out of the sky it was awesome I loved it incredible and so we had such a great time it, it took us nine hours and it was it was one of the best nine hours of my life watching <laughs> things blow up there were bits of rock falling they don't use blast mats bits of rock falling from the sky it was incredible but You've got to remove the rocks. They couldn't just say, oh, well, it's just too big. We'd better just leave it there. You couldn't drive past. And it's the same in your field. Amos 6 verse 12 says, Do horses run on rocks? Does one plow there with oxen? If you've got rocks, you can't plow. You need to remove the rocks from your life. As you plow your heart, you may discover some big rocks that need to be removed things like injustice or unrighteousness as that that verse goes on to say you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood you see we we have injustice in our life and we hang on to it and it becomes a big rock we have um unrighteousness in our life and we hang on to it they're big you can't budge them by yourself You need to confess those to the Lord and sometimes you need to sit with another believer and just pray through that stuff and walk the road together. But you've got to get those big rocks out of your life. It's really important if you're going to see a a proper harvest there. So fallow ground. Here's the the prize at the end of it. Fallow ground becomes more productive than it ever was before. It's more productive. If you leave a, a field fallow for a year or two, it will produce a higher... Um, output than than if you just uh, planted and reaped all the way through. So, if we properly break up our lives, if we properly get rid of, rid of the thorns and the briars and the weeds, if we blow up a couple of rocks and drag out a few stumps, if we if we if we plough up the hard crusty soil, we will get a harvest that's greater than ever before. That's the exciting bit, and I reckon that's the encouragement we've come off two years of waiting two years of all the restrictions and all that sort of stuff and now is our moment to shine now is the moment we can say we okay it's fallow now we're hard and cynical on tops we've got thorns and briars and everything but if we break this stuff up then this is our moment to move ahead as never before and see fruit that we've never seen on any scale before there is great hope here I'm not discouraged because of two years of COVID restrictions. I'm excited because the setback is a setup for a comeback and we're coming back. See, many people have struggled with this. They're coming off all the COVID sort of stuff and they're still not connected in. What's the big thing that COVID did? Fear is the big thing that COVID did, and the second biggest thing it did was isolation. You've never seen so many lonely people. People, they're they're lonely. They're depressed. And and many Christians, of course, have drifted away from God's plan for their lives. Many have even floated out of fellowship. They're isolated. They're dislocated. They're just floating around. Maybe they're at church before, don't feel like they want to go back. They're just... That may even be you this morning. I don't know. But I'm telling you, whether it's here or anyone else, I urge you to connect with other Christians. And yes, they won't be perfect. Yes, you'll find things you don't like. If you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. Because <laughs> none of us is perfect. We're all sinners. You don't have to agree with everything that goes on. Just connect in. We're a family. You know, we, don't be a lone wolf Christians. We say here at Ignite, Ignite's about real people, real community and a real God. That's what we're about. Because we realise community is the important thing here. We are a family. That's why we pray for people, because we're a family. Have a look at your earthly family. Do you agree with everybody in your family? Not at all. Does that make them any less your family? No. So I just, whether it's here or anyone else or online or whatever it takes, connect in with people because we, we cannot be isolated. After two years of fallow, I believe this is the moment. This is when your country needs you. Boy do we need people standing up for righteousness in this country. We really do. And we're stronger together. I was reading about these, these huge redwood trees that they have in California. And they have a, a very they don't have a deep root system. They're huge trees, but their roots are relatively not deep when they're on the side of a mountain. But the reason they're not shaken is that their roots intertwine with other trees and they're all mashed up together and you can't remove one tree. You have to take the whole lot because they're all intertwined together and that's the way Christianity should be. That's the way church should be. We need each other. We need to connect with each other. And I believe if we make the last two years count for good and for God, then we need to come to him now in brokenness. And I want to speak this prophetically to you, that this could be the most inspiring, important, productive phase of your entire life coming up right now. Because never in history have we seen what we're seeing now. Never in history have the opportunities been there for the gospel. And all it takes is a heart that truly desires to serve the Lord and a willingness to be broken, to break up that fallow ground, to break up the unplowed ground and to build. So- allow God to build something incredible. Now here at Ignite, or even as part of our online community, I want to encourage you, it's a perfect place to sink your roots down, to break up the unplowed ground and sink your roots down because God is about to do something amazing. And I don't know about you, but I want in. Do you want in? You want to be part of something incredible that God is doing? We have to be broken before the Lord. So brokenness could be a perfect place for you to be. Because in brokenness, he can put you back together. Hosea 10, let me read it again. Verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, reap steadfast love, and break up your unplowed fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Who wants righteousness rained on them? We all do. But we have to break up the unplowed ground. Some of us are hardened towards the Lord, and this is our time to break up the unplowed ground. Some of us, many of us, frankly, are very cynical about everything. And it's time for us to break up that hardened ground, the the crusty, weedy, thorny surface and allow God to implant new, fresh, fruitful ministries in our lives. I want to be broken before the Lord and I'm asking you to join me this morning. David wrote this in Psalm 51. (coughs) You do not delight in sacrifice or I will give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering, See, what he's saying is the religious stuff. God doesn't want your religious stuff. Listen to what he says. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And some of us need to be broken before the Lord this morning, and I include myself in that. We need to break that crusty ground open. Some of us have been broken for a long time, and God wants you to, if you are broken this morning you're exactly where God wants you because he can put you together to make you something beautiful. There's something called kintsugi. Kintsugi. It's a Japanese art. But I love it. They take a bowl that's broken and they repair it and they put it back together with gold. And it takes a humble pot or a plate or or, or a bowl and it makes it incredibly valuable. It, 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 it makes its value go off the charts. But have to, you have to do it with a broken bowl. You can't do it with a fresh one. You have to do it with a broken bowl. And I believe that that's what God wants to do for us this morning. He wants to take the broken pieces of our life, whether we're breaking before the Lord this morning or whether we've been broken for a long time. But here's his promise. He'll put you together with gold, pure gold. And he'll, he'll make you something incredible. It's time for us to break up the fallow ground. It's time for us to be broken before the Lord because he will put us back together with the gold of his Holy Spirit. And he can make you far more valuable today than you have ever been in the past, whether you were broken or whole. See, that's more valuable than a regular bowl because he's put it together with gold. So today I want to do something a little bit different. I want to invite you to be broken before the Lord. And I'm going to open up the front here. I'm going to ask you to respond. I want to encourage you to get on your knees before the Lord. Just in brokenness say, Lord, use me. Because if we are broken, he can use us. It's time we broke up the fallow ground in this place. Isn't that right? It's time we said, Lord, with all our hang-ups and everything else... I just want to break. And and when I'm broken, I'm going to trust you to put me together the way you see fit. Lord, take my broken life and make something beautiful and special out of it. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I pray that you would examine every heart. We are really good at being Hard and crusty and strong when we need to but Lord I want to pray this morning that we would just lay that aside that, that we would just put, put that all to one side and say Lord I want to be broken before you Father we just examine our hearts the Bible says search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts is there part of your life that's holding you back is there part of your life that's hard and crusty Or thorny, or a stump, or a rock. What is it? Because it's time this morning that we collectively as a church say, Lord, I want to be broken before you. Put me together and make me into something incredible for you. Say these words with me Lord, forgive me of my sin, forgive me of my hardness. I open my life to you. I break up the, pl- the fallow ground and say, Lord, put me back together to your glory. Maybe you've never even asked Jesus into your life. If you've never asked him into your life, or maybe it was a long time ago and you haven't been walking with him, I want to, I don't want to finish without giving you the opportunity to say, Lord, use me. Make something of my life. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, pray these words with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I ask your forgiveness. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for the gift of eternal life. And for making me part of your forever family. Just before we go on, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, just shoot your hand up and put it down wherever you are. Thank you. Are there any others? No, good. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Because God's about to do something incredible. I want you to take a few moments. Just just open your heart to the Lord. And I'm going to open the front up. To invite you to come, respond, and and when you come to the front, you're saying, "Lord, I want to be broken. I'm breaking up this um, this hardened heart. Let me break it up, that I might be used of you." Just examine your heart. This is your moment to break up the unplowed ground. Something beautiful. Something good. Come on, sing it out. All my confusion. All my confusion. He he understood. All I have to offer was brokenness and strife. But he made something. Of my life. so I want to invite you again we're going to just open this up down here just, just come down to the front and say Lord I'm broken and if you can get on your knees it's a great thing to do you don't have to but if you if you want to truly be broken before the Lord why not get on your knees it is spongy carpet it's not that bad but I think we're going to be broken before the Lord don't you we're going to sing it through a couple of times it's time for you to respond let's sing it together something beautiful something you are just worship him together come on all my confusion he understood all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made something beautiful of my life. Sing it again, something beautiful. Something beautiful, yes, yeah, something good. Something good. Oh, my confusion understood i had to offer him was brokenness and strife to offer him was brokenness and strife The he made something beautiful of my life okay, we're just going to uh i'm going to sing it another couple of times too because i know some of you are, are just You're debating there, you're saying, oh I don't want to go forward, that's weird, it's not weird it's just yielding to God and God's speaking to hearts here this morning it's time we put that hardness aside, we're just going to sing it through another time or two and then it'll be over it'll go very quickly we're going to have people come forward if we can have our team come forward and just begin to to, uh, kneel with people and pray with them To search your heart. This is a great moment. You know, there there is nothing quite like when we yield to the Lord and He breaks that hardness in our hearts and He softens our hearts and gives us a heart of flesh. Come on, let's sing it together, Something Beautiful. You respond if God's speaking to you. Something beautiful, something good, something my confusion he understood all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made something beautiful of my life so again something beautiful for something good all my confusion he understood all i had to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made something beautiful of my life Lord we just want to commit our lives to you Lord we just pray that you'll break up the fallow ground in our lives that we might be productive and fruitful Lord God as we look not back at the last two years but we look ahead at the next 22 years we say have your way we will be soft we will be open we will be responsive to you have your way we pray O oh Lord And Lord, refine us. Break us up. Lord, direct us, we pray. Set us free from the thorns and the the roots and the stumps and the rocks, Lord God. Set us free. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to continue to sing. Just, Just stay in an attitude of prayer. People are doing business with God out here.